So Father, we thank you for your presence. Because as, as Moses, the leader you chose, even said, Lord, if you don't go with me, I don't want to go. That's how important your presence is with us every day. And Lord, we've been in this series called Jesus Beings because your word tells us that we have died to our old lives and in you our new life is found. Your word tells us that it is in you, it is in you alone that we live and move and have our being. Because just because you're on earth doesn't mean you're alive. And just because there's food here doesn't mean that you're living. And just because you have the activity of your limbs doesn't mean that you're really following after God. And just because you exist doesn't mean that you exist within him and within the scopes of eternal eternity and the eternal life that he died to give us. So God, as I feed your sheep today, I pray that there would be an anointing upon me to teach or to preach or to do whatever you're calling me to do because you love them so much. God, I remember in your word where you looked upon the sheep and you had compassion upon them because they were as sheep with no shepherd. But Lord, you have set a shepherd before them to feed them this morning. And I ask for your anointing to be upon us all. We need the truth, God. In a world full of lies, we need the truth. In a world full of deception, we need the truth. We need the way, we need the life. And that's all found in you, Jesus. So we speak to this environment and say, be conducive for faith to come by hearing right now. We declare now no distractions, God, no unnecessary movement. Lord, may we stay focused on your word as we eat from your hand. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Church, can you say amen? Amen. God bless you all so much. Thank you for being here at New Life Christian Ministries this morning. Thank you for choosing this as your place of worship. If we have any first-time visitors, God bless you all, and thank you so much for being here today. And we trust that God sent you here for a reason. Nothing's by accident. You're here for a reason. So as you sit here, as you remain here, and before we leave, you need to say, God, I just want to experience you. I want to know the reason you sent me today. And now we're going to hear his word. And in his word, he gives us instruction for life. Today's message, again, I told you we're in the series called Jesus Beings. Today's message is entitled The Lord's Followers. The Lord's Followers. Because in order for him to be Lord, we have to be willing to do what he said. The Bible says that Jesus said to his followers at one time, Why do you call me Lord, but you don't do what I ask you to do? So if Jesus truly is Lord today, everyone, then we must be followers of his word and followers of his way. So just because you come to church doesn't mean that you're a follower of God. It just means that you knew where the address was, right? Just because you come to church doesn't mean that you get to automatically go to heaven. The only way to heaven is through Jesus Christ, the only way, right? So we're going to talk about that today, what it looks like to be the Lord's followers, because I or we want to end up where he is. Come on, right? He's at the right hand of the Father right now, and we're still on earth, right? We're still working out our salvation, but we want to end up where he is. He's in heaven. He's going, he's going to reign forever, but we want to be where he is, so we have to follow. Church, can you say follow? Being a believer is all about you have to be a good follower as well. It's not enough to just know the truth. It's not enough to just know the way. You have to actually follow. You have to take the necessary steps in faith to get where God is trying to lead you to. Faith is good, but faith without works is dead. So it's not just knowing which way to go. It's putting one foot in front of the other as well and allowing God to lead you where he wants you. So as Jesus beings, as the Lord's followers, what we do is this. We faithfully follow as the Lord shepherds us into his life. We faithfully follow as the Lord shepherds us into his life. Listen to this. We have no life of our own. Eternal life is in Jesus Christ alone. All that come to him and trust in him have life everlasting. If you don't, all we have is death. 
there is only one life, right? And Jesus Christ is the life. What he does by faith and in him is shares his life with us, right? We have no life outside of Jesus. He shares his life with us. So what we're trying to achieve as the Lord's followers is this. We faithfully follow as the Lord shepherds us into his life. To where? His life. We're trying to be partakers of his life. So forget about, Lord, just bless my life. No, no, I want to be a part of your life. I want my life to be connected to your life so that when this body dies, I still have life and I have life in Jesus. So Jesus beings, right? So some of you are hearing that phrase for the first time. What is a Jesus being? Acts 17, 23 tells us this, for in him... We live and move and have our being. As certain also of your poets have said, for we are also his offspring. So for Jesus beings, the Lord is responsible for our lives, for our movement, our activity, our direction, and our existence. So we've got a decision to make because there will be many people that stand before the Lord one day and he will say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you, right? I never knew you, meaning you weren't mine. You weren't a follower of mine. So listen, church, you got to really hear what I'm about to say in this moment. If Jesus Christ is your Lord, it means that he leads you. And we've got to determine, well, how much does he really, how much does he really lead me on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, on a, on a monthly basis? How much am I really led by the Lord? Or have I just taken this Christianity along for the ride with me wherever I go in hopes that I'll eventually end up in heaven with him? We've got to determine and we've got to break this thing down and we've got to really analyze our life and ask ourselves, how much am I really led? Like on a daily basis, like, am I really being led, right? Now, we know what it means to be led now because we have GPS in our cars, right? And you are, when you don't know where you're going, you're being led, right? And sometimes the GPS gets confused and begins to say rerouting, rerouting. But let me say, tell you something about Jesus. There's only one way and there's no rerouting, right? So if you get off the path, the path doesn't change for you. The path stays the same. And you have to reroute. You do the rerouting and get back to the path. So church, can you say this with me? Lord, I desire to be led by your spirit. Come on, church. That's the only way to get to heaven. That's the only way to get to God. You've got to be led there because the Bible tells us that there's a way that seems right to every man, but that way leads to destruction. So we got we to we gotta carefully decipher, am I going my own way and just saying, and just adding godly things to my way? Am I decorating my life with God or does my life really belong to God? So as Jesus beings, he is the Lord of our life. He is the Lord of our movement, the Lord of our being. Lord means commander, right? Lord means owner. Lord means CEO. So is he really the director, the commander, the God of our lives? Colossians 3 and 3 says this, For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Father, I thank you for understanding in this place today. Holy Spirit, as these words leave my lips, Father, I pray that they be your words and they be understood by every hearer in this place. Let those that have ears to hear, let, they, let them hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church this morning. So Jesus is Lord. Can you say that with me? Jesus is Lord. So we know that's a fact, right? We know that Jesus is Lord factually, but it has to be broken down into your own life. So is Jesus the Lord of your life? Do you only do what he tells you to do? Come on, church, we can't miss this. I know it's so simple, but don't just act like you got it 
right? Like this is God's mercy slowing everybody down, saying, listen, I'm soon to come or you might be soon to go. Am I really the Lord of your life? Do I lead everything that has to do with you? Am I in control? Am I in the lead? Let's go to Psalms chapter 23, verse one. And David said this, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So the Lord is the Lord of every Jesus being. So who is this Lord? First Corinthians 8 and 6 says this, but for us, there is one God, the Father, by whom all things were created and for whom we live. We live for the Lord. Do you understand that? Come on, church. If the Lord is your God, you live for him. And this is dangerous in Western Christianity because some of us were taught that we come to God because we need stuff. We come to God because we were broken. We come to God, and yes, these are reasons, but they are not the only reason. We come to Jesus because he is Lord and there is no other way unto salvation except through him. So for the Jesus being, for him to be Lord, we understand that there is one God, the Father, by whom all things were created and for whom we live. We live for him. We live unto him. So our sinful lifestyles and our sinful lives are over. If you're born again, your sinful life is over. It's dead. It's gone. And you've got this new life where Jesus is Lord. Can we give him praise for that? That, that has to resonate. That has to be true right? He has to be Lord of the new life, right? Because we were dead in our trespasses and sin, but now we've been born again into this new life. And in this life, he was Lord. Catch this for me. In this life, he was Lord. In that life, we were Lord. Come on. In the old life, you were in control. You called the shots. But in the new life, he is Lord. And there is one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things were created and through, and through whom we live. So this is saying that Christians, that believers in Jesus Christ, that those that say he is Lord, we now live and have our life in Jesus Christ. That's what makes us eternal. That's what makes us powerful. That, that's what gives us our deliverance and our power as well. We have to keep our hope and faith and trust in him and understand that he is Lord. And what we don't want to be is a sheep without a shepherd, okay? We don't want to be a sheep without a shepherd. Let's go to Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 16. This is what it looks like to not have the Lord as your shepherd. Because, come on, man. So, so uh, I worked the Allen County Fair all last week, and uh, Barry was there taking a lot of pictures. So, Barry, during the show, when they were showing their sheep, did you see any dirty sheep when it was time for the show? So no dirty sheep. Did you see any emaciated and skinny sheep? No. Did you see any that were limping? No. So all these sheep, right, were brought to the fair in hope of a prize, right? And everything about those sheep were a reflection of their owner. Do you understand that? So no dirty sheep were brought forth, none of that. They were all a reflection of their owner. So when you look at someone's life, woo, when you look at someone's life, it's going to be a reflection of their owner, whoever owns them, whoever controls them. So if they're busted and disgusted and they're, they're, they're full of curses and hate and, and all this mess, then you know who their owner is. Because if the Lord is your shepherd, you're going to look like one of his sheep. You're going to be represented by him. And listen to this. Uh, someone else at the fair told me this. Uh, I, I was asking, uh, uh, what are you here for? They said, I, we show sheep. We've got over 16 sheep. And I said, well, you know, do they have names? They're like, no, no, we don't name them. They are dumb. Wow. That's something else I learned about sheep. Sheep can be very dumb and sheep need a shepherd, right? If you don't have a shepherd, you're going to be in real trouble, right? Because sheep are defenseless. They cannot fend for themselves. They can't even cut their own hair, 
right? They don't even shed. So they need a shepherd to protect them and to watch over them. So as we go to Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 16, let's see what a sheep without a shepherd looks like. Verse 11, to illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. How many sons? The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money in wild living. About this time, his money ran out. A great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. So just as a reminder, we are Jesus beings if you've been born again. And Acts 17, 28 says this, For in him we live, we move, and have our being. And as certain also of your poets have said, for we are also his offspring. So God takes care of us because all of our life and livelihood is dependent upon him and found in him. So let's look at what this young son did to distance himself from the good shepherd, his father, and what happened to him. So what he said is this, I want my share when? Now. He said, give me my share now. So what he did when he did that was this, he separated his life from his father. So he no longer lives with him. He no longer has life from him. And he separated from his father's limitless supply. So no, he no longer lives with him. So in Jesus, we live, we move, and we have our being. So this, this young son, who's going to be our sheep today, said, I'm moving away from you. I no longer want life from you. Give me my part now. I'll go have life by myself. The next thing he said was this, or that we learned, that he packed all of his belongings and moved to a, a distant land. So his movements became independent and unknown. So in him, in the Lord, we live and we move. So he controls our movements. He knows where we are. He cares for us. But when you're not his sheep, your movements are unknown to him. You, you're in a distant place, in a distant land. And thirdly, this young son, he, we learn of him, it says this, that no one gave him anything. So his being, his existence was in his father, not in his share. So he thought if he had a share of his father, he could go off and live by himself and have life. But he learned this. It wasn't the share that was keeping him alive. It was being in the presence of his father, right? So this, this is the blessing that you have as God's children and Jesus beings, that it is in him that you live. It is in him that your movements are controlled and known, and it is in him that you have your being or your existence. Your livelihood comes from him. Let's go to Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 and 36. So we know that at the end of the prodigal son story, he finally came home. And when his father saw him, he ran to him and said, hook him up, put a robe on him, put a ring on him, and let's get the barbecue going, right? My son is home. I thought he was dead, but he's alive. Come back into the sheepfold. Come back into my life, right? Now, again, you can have your life and your movement, and your being in me, and that's what Jesus desires for us to have in him. But in Matthew 9, 35 and 36, we see the compassion of our God for his lost sheep. It says this, Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. So can Jesus heal? Am I in the right person? Am I in the, at the American Legion or at church? Can Jesus heal? Yes. All right. So it said that Jesus, right, he went about healing every kind of disease and illness. Who did this? Jesus, Jesus right? When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. So there is a condition 
in this world called being a sheep without a shepherd. And we don't want to be called that. We want to make sure that Jesus Christ is Lord because there is a blessing that comes to your life when Jesus Christ is your shepherd. And Psalms 23, 1 tells us what it is. The Lord is my shepherd. What? I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. What? I shall not want. Come on. That's the condition. That's how your life totally changes and transforms when you become a sheep that has a shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The prodigal son had everything that he needed. Listen to me, church. Want can be very dangerous. Want can be very dangerous. Listen. God is the God that supplies your needs. Church, say this with me. Lord, I thank you for supplying my needs. Come on, that's a promise. He's always going to take care of your needs, but church, be very careful about your wants because your wants can take you outside of the circle of protection, the circle of needs, because it's in him that you live and move and have your being. So in him, you have all that you need. But every once in a while, there's some things, some desires that pop up in your heart and your mind called wants, and they're outside of your needs. And those get you in trouble. The prodigal son had all that he needed right there at home, but his wants rose up in him. And he said, give me my portion. But listen, what do we learn, though? We learn that his share was not enough to meet his needs. Come on, come on, come on. His wants were not enough to meet his needs, right? Because his needs outside of God's protection were sinful. It said that he wasted all that he had on sinful living and everything was gone and he found himself hungry again. But if he would have just stayed at home with his father until the appropriate time of his father's death, he would have had the discipline it took to know that, you know what, I'm going to live a righteous life just as I've seen my father live. Church, I'm here to tell you this morning again that want can be very dangerous. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not what? Want. Adam and Eve were placed in a place called paradise. They had every single thing they could ever need from God. But here comes the devil whispering a want into their ear. And Eve, Adam and Eve reached outside of the holiness and righteousness of everything they needed. They reached into the evil darkness of want and desire. And they lusted after something God said they couldn't have. And they died. And that's why the world is in the predicament that it is right now, because the sin of Adam and Eve has been put upon every single human being that is born until they are born again into Christ and the Lord becomes our shepherd and we shall not what? Want. Come on, be very careful. Right now, many of you have the job you need, but you're looking for something that you want. And, and some of you begin, you can start treating your bosses in a negative way and your coworkers in a negative way. Some of you, you live in houses right now that you need, but you drive by houses that you want and you become ungrateful and say, oh man, like I don't even want to live here no more. Like uh, this, this drawer don't even work. And you know, just become all unthankful and ungrateful because you're not satisfied with your needs. Say, say this with me, Lord, bring me the satisfaction in my needs. Come on, that, that, that keeps sin far from you. That keeps lust far from you. When you're able to say that, God, I understand that in you, I have everything that I need. And here's the beauty of it, though. So some of you say, well, what about what I want? Was that a good impression of how you sound? When you, what about what I want? Right? So, so here's the deal. So you live within the needs that God has for you. But when you stay true to the Father and you love him and you honor him and you're respectful and appreciative of all the needs that he provides for you, out of the righteousness of your heart and life sometimes, a desire develops. Right? And the Bible tells us that the Lord will sometimes even give you the desires of your what? Heart. But your heart has to be with him. 
You have to be satisfied in the needs being provided for you. And then those wants, those desires that you have that are righteous and in his timing, he will provide those for you as well. All right. So Acts chapter 17, verses 24 through 25 say this. He is the God who made the world and everything in it. Since he is Lord of heaven and earth, he doesn't live in man-made temples. And human hands can't serve his needs, for he has no needs. He himself gives life and breath to everything, and he satisfies every need. He has no needs and satisfies every need. So that's why David can say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Why? Because God satisfies every need and he has no needs, right? So the prodigal son, it made no sense for him to leave his father's house. His father had no needs, but he left the father's house and find himself in great need. So Again, we are Jesus beings, church. We're not just Christians. We're not just people who come to church. If you truly had an encounter with the saving grace of God, you are totally new creation in Jesus Christ. You're not the same anymore, right? So whatever was in Jesus or is in Jesus is in you. We got to grab this by faith. Can you say this with me? As Jesus was in this earth, so am Ah, you've got to understand that, right? You're a Jesus being. That so whatever was in him is in us. Jesus rose from the dead, right? Will you rise from the dead? Man, you don't sound too sure. You, if you have your faith in Jesus Christ, you too will be resurrected from the dead. Could Jesus lay hands on the sick and they recover? Can you lay hands sick on a sick and they recover? Yes. Why? Because you're a Jesus being. Come on. In him we live and move and have our being. So everything that was in him is in us. So as you stand looking at me right now, I am 50% Edward Tibbs and 50% Shirley Tibbs, right? I had no life outside of my own, right? I have their DNA, right? So I came from them. So when I was born naturally, I received the identity of my parents. Man, this is so good. So when you're born spiritually, when you go through a spiritual new birth, you receive what was ever gave life to you. So if Jesus gave life to you, that means whatever is in Jesus is in you too. I think you should want some Bible proof for that, and I'll give you that. Listen, listen, to this time, listen to this miracle in the Bible. This was an amazing miracle. So there was a time where, there was a time where uh, he came upon a man with crippled feet, okay? And he had, this man had been crippled since birth. So that means that this man had never walked. And as he was sitting and listening to ministry, okay, the speaker looked at him, and we know Jesus is an amazing healer. The speaker looked at him and recognized that, wait a minute, this man has faith right now. He has faith to believe that he can be healed, right? And so the man that was ministering called out to him and said, stand up. And the man jumped to his feet, okay, and started walking. I've got good news for you. That wasn't Jesus that did that. Do you hear what I'm saying? That was a story about Paul. I, 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 I hid the identity of the story, unless you saw it on the board. I was trying to hide the identity of the person to show you that Jesus beings can do what Jesus did. Come on, if you catch this revelation, we can turn this world upside down. Jesus beings can do what Jesus did. You are not just someone that's under the table of the Lord, hoping for his crumbs and hoping to one day get to heaven if you, if you make it there. No, his desire was that when he died upon the cross, that his life be multiplied. The Bible says, except a kernel of wheat 
fall to the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. So you are the fruit of Jesus Christ. The devil made the greatest mistake of all time by thinking by killing Jesus that this thing would be done. But three days later, Jesus Christ rose from the grave with all power and all authority and he multiplied himself in us. So everything that Jesus is capable of, so are you. But it's only by, listen to me, faith. The thing that blocks us the most from being Jesus beings is unbelief. I'm not good enough. Who told you that, right? I can't heal. I can't do that. I'm not perfect. Duh! You're not perfect. There's only one perfect one. That's why we have our being in who? In Jesus. We, have, we share in his righteousness. We share in his power. Amen? Amen. So what we must do then is we must learn to receive. So come on. So, Father, as I finish this message and as I take them in Scripture, Father God, may your church receive. Come on. Lord, I am, I am kind of tired of looking at the church 2,000 years ago and seeing a church move with such power and such might. It seems to me that the church should be 2,000 times stronger than it was then. So, God, whatever we're missing that they knew in Acts, God, would you resurrect it in your church, God? I speak to these dry bones now in the name of Jesus Christ and say, live. You are Jesus beings. Rise up and walk. Rise up in the power and the authority and the anointing that Jesus Christ has given us. We just can't keep these happenings within these four walls. The world needs to know that Jesus lives, and they will know that Jesus lives in you. Jesus said, let your light so shine among men that they see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So listen, as sheep, what we must do is learn to receive. So if the Lord is going to feed you, you're going to need to eat what he's feeding you. And today he's feeding you the word of God, not just so that you can hear it, but so that you can have the energy to do. So it should be no... It should be no surprise to you that since I worked about nine days at the fair that I gained weight. (laughs) That should not be a shock to anybody that I gained weight at the fair, working 12 hours a day there and sitting down, right? Because if you eat and don't move, you gain weight. Because food, the true origin of food is for energy. The true origin of food is for energy. But at the fair, it was for pleasure, right? So you eat all these calories, and then you sit down and you don't move, and that's how we gain weight. So food is supposed to be for movement, right? Come on, church, come on. So when you hear the word of God, when you're getting spiritual food, it's not just for the hearing and the eating. It's for the movement after you leave so that I can be a Jesus being now. So, I, so what I have heard, now I can do as well. For the word of God says, be not hearers only, but what? Doers of the word. Why? Because in the hearing comes faith. And the faith produces works, right? So that things can be done. So we don't come to church just to hear. We come for instructions and faith so that we might carry out the will of God in the earth. So I want you to receive what I'm about to say through his word in these next few passages. We have to learn how to receive, okay? Say this with me. The Lord is my shepherd. shepherd. I I shall not want. So let me tell you about some of the things that he has given you. You lack nothing. Come on. If you knew how rich you were spiritually, if you knew how much you had in the promises of God and the word of God, if you know what it meant to be filled with the Holy Spirit and have the power and authority, then you would understand that you lack nothing and you have no foes in this world. Listen to me. Second Peter chapter one, verses two through four. It says this. May God give you. Right. Remember, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not what? So if I'm not going to be in want, then it means that God has to give me something. So listen to what he's giving you. May God give you 
more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. That's what many of you are doing every Sunday. You come and you hear and you grow in knowledge of your Jesus Christ, your Lord. But listen to this, verse 3. Man, this is good. Man, this is good. This is better than the fair food and zero calories. All right? Listen to this. By his divine power. Oh, my goodness. Why did he have to say that? Right? This lets us know how good what we're about to receive is and where it comes from. It says, by his divine power, God has given us, say this through the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now listen to what he gives us. By his, you got to believe this, this will change your life. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. Come on. Everything we need for living a godly life. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. This means that everything that we need to please God has been given to us. You don't have to earn your salvation. You don't have to earn God's blessings. By his divine power means that the devil can't stop you from receiving it. He didn't give it to you by a man. He didn't even give it to you by your own carnal wisdom. He says, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. Do you know what this means also? That none of us can stand before God at judgment and say, it was too hard. I couldn't do it. It was, it was just too much temptation. I couldn't do it. Because the word of God says right here, by his divine power... God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. Man, that eradicates every single excuse we have to why we can't be a good follower, why, why we can't be a good Christian, why, why we can't uh, be holy. It's been given to us by his divine power. So we have received all of this, how? By coming to know him. Oh my goodness. Remember when I said at the beginning, some will say, he will say to some, depart from me, work of iniquity, I never knew you. Right here is telling us that by his divine power, he's given us everything that we, that we need to live a godly life. And why is this? Because we have come to know him. Amen. We have received all this by coming to know him. The one who called us to himself, this is so good. He called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. So not because we were awesome, but because he was. Verse four, and because of his glory and excellence, he has given us. Come on, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Here he is giving us all these things. He has given us great and precious promises. What kind? Great and precious promises. What kind? Great and precious promises. That's what your God has given you. Come on. These are the promises that enable you to share in his divine nature. That's why you can be called a Jesus being. Because he has given you the power and the wisdom through his glory and excellence to share in his divine nature. And what happens because of that? We escape the world's corruption caused by what? Human desires. So if you will just stay within the realm of what God has given you, all of your needs, and you'll stay far from wicked human desires, you will know him and he will bless you. And oh my goodness, like what can you go off and leave God and get that's better than his precious and exceeding promises? Not one thing. Learn from the prodigal son. Learn from Adam and Eve as well. Let's finish this. Romans 8, 29 through 30. We're talking about how we have no want when God is our shepherd. It says this, for God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son. Can you say Jesus beings? Do you understand what I'm saying to you right here? For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like who? His son. Who is his son? 
Jesus. So who are we? Jesus beings. We have our life and our hope and our confidence and our strength and our joy all in his son, Jesus. Why? Because God knew us in advance so that his son would be firstborn among many brothers and sisters. We're the brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, listen, he is my shepherd, I shall not want. Listen, he gave them. He's still giving us things. He gave them right standing with himself. That's righteousness equal to Jesus Christ. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory as well. So knowing that we can receive all of this, church, we have to learn. And it's so awesome that you're alive. Can you praise God that you're, for the fact that you're alive right now? Man, I hope you understand how awesome it is to be alive right now. Because there are souls that die every day without God, but yet he's being merciful to every one of us right now, letting us hear this truth and align our lives with him so that we can receive that promise of eternal life. But first, what we must do, what we must learn to do, we must learn to let go. Church, can you say let go? Let go. So, man, ooh, this is going to hit some of you. And this is going to make you uncomfortable, but it will save your soul. I want you to listen to me. If the Lord is your shepherd and you shall not want, then why are you holding things that he did not give you? There's some things that people have that he did not give you. Whether that be a relationship, whether that be a job, whether that be finances that are, that are got in, in wrongful ways, but listen to me, don't be scared to let go because for the Lord to be your shepherd and you have no want, oh my goodness, you've got to let go of the things that you think are sustaining you and they're really not. He's the only one that can sustain you, right? He is the one that is your shepherd. He is the one that leads you. So don't be afraid to let go because you better make sure Everything that you're holding on to can give you life and life eternal. And if it can't, you've got to let it go. If it makes it into your need circle, then God put it there. Some of you, some of you, you need to be single right now. You just need to. You might not want to be, but you need to be. And the danger is kicking the door open and saying, I need a man right now. I need a woman right now. And reaching out from a place of need into want and pulling someone into your life. Because what you're going to have to do eventually is pray them out and say, Lord, I made a mistake. I did this to myself. All I really needed was you. And listen, you got to pray through this thing. It's not easy to let go, but it's worth it. Okay, Matthew 4, 18 through 22 talks about how Jesus was walking along the Sea of Galilee and he saw Simon, Peter and Andrew fishing. And he, he said this to me, to them, come follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. Verse 20 is huge. Verse 20 is exactly where we need to be in our lives. It says this, and they left their nests at once and followed him. They dropped everything. They didn't even know who he was at the time, but just something in them said, this is important. I can't miss this. He, they dropped their nets, their nets at once and followed him. It says a little further up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in their boat with their father Zebedee repairing their nets. And he called them to come. He called. Come on, that's the beauty of it. He called. When he calls you, you have to come. And whatever you come with, you have to leave. You have to drop it, okay? They immediately followed him, leaving the boat, and left their father behind. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew 16, 24 through 26. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you want to be my follower. Come on, church. We just learned about how good it is to be shepherded by the Lord. We learned how he gives us everything we need to live a godly life. Precious promises he gives us. All these things we shall not want. We will not be in lack. All these things we get if we follow God. But what's the cost? If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. So come on, church. 
Like, that's the stuff we got to start dissecting right now. Like, what is happening in my life right now that is my own way? I chose this. This was my decision. I was not led here. God did not tell me to do this. This is my own doing. And a lot of Christians live backwards. They make the decision, and then they say, Lord, be with me here. That's not how following works, right? Following works when you say, Lord, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. You lead me to where I need to go, and I will follow. Because where the Lord takes you will automatically be blessed. Where the Lord takes you will automatically sustain you. But where you go, you could end up in the pig pen wanting to eat the same thing you're supposed to be feeding the pigs, finding yourself in great want, and no man gives you anything there. So Jesus said, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world? If you gain, do you hear that? So the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want while he is my shepherd. But there is a such thing called you gain. There's a such thing called things that you brought into your own life, things that you desire. And the Bible says, what does it profit if you, you gain the whole world to yourself but lose your soul? We must understand that God is leading us right now in this journey through life, and he's leading us to a destination. Romans 8, 12 14 through 14 says this, Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit, remember, he gave us that power to live a godly life, but through the power of the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all, this is good, listen, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. The world would tell you everybody's God's children. But the Bible says those who are led by the Spirit of God, those are his children. The ones who are following him, those are his children. Acts 17, 28, again, my last reminder to tell you this about the foundation of this Jesus being message is this, for in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. I want you to close your eyes as I read this last passage to you. I saved it for the end. Close your eyes and listen to this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. How long? Forever. So listen, church, as a Jesus being who has their life from God and who is shepherded by God, who was led by the Lord, through this journey called life, he's taking us to a destination, and that destination is to dwell in the house of the Lord. For how long? Forever. Let's stand to our feet and give God praise this morning. Come on, give it up for the Lord this morning. He is our shepherd and we shall not want. Listen, times are about to get hard. Times are about to get hard. You better have this revelation 
The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. When there's no food in the cupboard and the bank account is low and the world is saying, hey, if you do this, we know how to provide for you. If you do this, there's, there's food here. But listen to me. Some of the very things they're going to ask you to do are going to go against your principles. They're going to go against your belief systems. They're going to go against God's commands. And if you're not careful, you'll reach outside of need and reach for want and lose your soul. Don't trade your soul for bread. Don't trade your soul for eggs. Don't trade your soul for meat. Don't trade your soul for the things of this world. You've got to have it resolved in your heart. You've got to say, you know what? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He will provide for me everything that I need. Why? Because I'm a Jesus being. My whole existence comes from him. And even if, even if saying yes to God and no to the world means starving to death, at the moment that this body shuts down, we will die satisfied knowing that we did not trade our soul for bread, knowing that we did not turn our back on God. And in the next moment of consciousness, we will see the Lord's face in peace. For the word says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you for hallelujah. Oh, Lord, we thank you for Jesus. Thank you for Jesus. Because without him, we have no life. Without him, we have no movement. Without him, we have no being. And we know this, but the world doesn't. So, Lord, may we be as present as you were. We know that for 30 years, you lived in the shadow of the promises. You lived in the shadow, Father God, of the promised Messiah. But at some point, you stepped out, God, and you made yourself known so that the world might be saved. God, my question for the church is this. When do we step out? When does the cubicle beside us? When does the locker beside us? When does the neighbor beside us? When does the family member? When does the guy in the parking lot? When do they get to know who we really are? We are Jesus beings. We know him and he knows us by name. But there are more people out there that he desires to save. And the reason that you come to church is to be equipped. So when you come to church, it shouldn't just be a religious thing that you do. You should be coming because God sent you here to be equipped for the ministry in which you have within the church and in the kingdom of God. So, Father, I've given them your word today. I pray that it has blessed their souls. I know that you are making us ready for what the Antichrist is setting up. The Antichrist has been in the earth for a long time, just not revealed. So, Father, when this Antichrist is revealed, whether we be alive or not, may we be ready. And if we're not here and our kids are, may they be ready. And if it's our grandkids, may they be ready. May we preach this gospel message, God, to the world so that they might know who you are. And it's in you that we live and move and have our being. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask the intercessors and elders to come, pastors to come down.